because when it's midnight and it's all too tough and it's too bloody hard and your business is going backwards and you're losing money, you've got you know a month of runway left, it's the guy who sat there for nine hours who's going to find the solution to get you past that, not the guy who left in 15 minutes. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about Western Australian startup founders who have been there and done it or are right here and doing it in WA. My name is Steve Elias. And my name is Chris Tan. And before we start, we'd like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast in the land of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. I'd also like to thank our sponsors. Startup West is produced by Startup News and sponsored by the City of Perth, RSM, Space Cubed, TechOn, Curtin University. In this episode, we speak with Pete Corelli, co-founder of Three Little Pixels. Pete, welcome to Startup West. Can you tell us a bit about your startup business, what it does? How's it going? Just look at me. Look look at me, man. Like let's, you know, <laughs> we're all friends here. I love this. So I uh, just to just to bring you in on this, right? So when Chris first started podcasts, yes. he came to me. He was uh-huh. like, mate, I'm getting into podcasts. Now yep. you do you do radio, right? So we're a brekkie radio announcer. Hey, have you got any tips for me? I think one of the things that I said to you is just a chat. Right, and then we've just hit literally hit record. I'm going to lift the lid on this and break the fourth wall. We've literally just hit record. We've had a chat for about a half hour, which has been fantastic. Right, really nice casual chat, which is great. And then bang, you hit record and you go, "Now, Pete, <laughs> tell me about and welcome to the Startup West podcast. Tell me about." It's great, mate. I really love to see you've taken it on board, which is awesome. Uh, welcome, guys. It's nice to have you all here. Let's let's cheers. Let's cheers. This is good. Thanks, this is what a great, <laughs> bloody, wonderful thing it is to be sitting here with you for the Startup West podcast. I listen to this podcast a fair bit. Um, I'll probably listen to this one the most. Yep. Naturally, naturally, yeah, naturally, yeah. naturally. Remember, uh, number one um, startup uh, podcast in Australia. Yes, yeah. is it really? Jeez, it must be a low bar. As voted by the people. Thirtieth <laughs> in the world. 30th in the world. Pretty good. You're having me on. No. no. You obviously haven't been checking out LinkedIn. Hello to all of you in Radio Land. <laughs> um, hit me with that question again. What was it? Tell us about the startup. The startup. Yeah. How's okay. it going? How's it going? Jeez, that's a great question. So um, Three Little Pixels is the startup that you're referring to. Uh, this startup was founded as an idea during the Plus 8 Accelerator in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, I reference this because I'm hoping that people are still listening to this in 2025. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's going well in the sense that it's, mate, we've blown it up and we are starting from scratch with the platform that we always wanted, right? So the, the accelerator was an interesting thing because um, it was the first time that I'd really been exposed to this is how you're meant to build a startup from the ground up. And it was literally from the ground up. Like I walked in on day one to Derek and Kylie and I sat in front of them, right, in this little room. God, it was I was like, I was sweating. I was sweating bullets. <laughs> and Derek literally looked at me and he goes, you know, we usually don't take people who are at your stage, right? And that was the <laughs> first thing that he said to me. I was like, oh, geez, okay, here we go. Right? And I basically, like I, I sent everything. I fired all the rockets that I had in my arsenal across the bow to convince them that this idea was worth having a real look at. And it was just an idea. And this was the first time that I'd really been exposed to, this is how you build a startup from the ground up. So we had an MVP by the end of last year. It was a great MVP. It was uh, made by the incredible crew at Ready Software and it did what it was meant to do. And then uh, at the beginning of this year, 2023, really took a good hard look at it and went, okay, 
we're going to capture our audience, which are gamers, and we're going to capture the other side of our two-sided marketplace, which are the Australian independent developers, we're going to need the thing, Mm. right? The thing that's genuinely going to compete. And I've got an incredible UI UX designer uh, with some great uh, advisory from um, the former people that were uh, part of the former, um, they were a local independent software company and they had a metaverse game. Uh, Ninja Syndicate, yeah, all right. right? And good morning to them. Uh, and um, we have been developing the next iteration of Three Little Pixels, which is what I showed you guys off the air. What do you think, by the way? Does it look good or oh, what? Oh, terrific. Yeah. Miles very, very better than what it was would you invest? Would you invest in it? How much do you need? Uh, probably half a mil. Let me go talk to my wife. Okay. <laughs> if you could, please. What's her name? Nat. Nat. Shout out to Nat. Hello, Nat. Uh, yeah, so there you go. So we, we've, um, we're incubating the project at the moment in the sense that it needed its next iteration and that design is just about ready to be built. Awesome, man. That's very cool. Sorry, that was a real long-winded no, way that's of okay. that Look, point, uh, but, You've uh, spoken about the pivot, so that's terrific. Um, so that means I don't have to ask that question. I love this. So, I've literally, yeah. I've probably crossed off the first half of your yeah, questions. Actually, here. we, I think, I think, I think that's it, right? We're done. We're done. <laughs> we're off. We're off. <laughs> Uh, Pete, what have been some of the challenges and I guess on uh, the flip side of that, what are the successes of the business to date? I suppose the the biggest challenge with Three Little Pixels in terms of being an entrepreneur and uh, now being exposed to the investor world, right? So, and, and I suppose I'm going to come at this from, um, you know, being a Perth guy, right? One of the biggest challenges has been getting investors to look at the games industry seriously. Okay, because there's been many iterations of investment into the games industry over the years that have not gone very well. The games industry is a fickle industry, but it's also not a very well understood industry. In fact, um, earlier this week, I had a uh, I had a catch up with the uh, CEO and the executive team of um, NBN, mm-hmm. and this catch up actually started about four years ago. Right, and uh, sitting with NBN Co was a, a really interesting sort of um, case study on just what people think of the games industry because you know ultimately people think it's just people in their rooms playing video games, or it's it's not. It's communities and it's um, people that are getting helped with the mental health side of their life and people that are being welcomed into arguably the most inclusive industry in the world. Right, it's a fantastic industry, um, but in a town like Perth where we've literally had the first genuine play of a, uh, a VC fund in Purpose Ventures, raising $37 yep. million, and they're dedicated to backing Perth founders, which is fantastic. So you take the fact that it's 2023, and that's the first we've really had yep. of something like that, and then you couple that with the market generally doesn't understand the games industry and it's incredibly hard being a games startup, right? So that being said, right, sure, there are those difficulties and you deal with those. You're always going to have to. Um, but in terms of successes, on the other hand, one of the great successes has been was in the Plus 8 Accelerator last year uh, and managed to get a lot of the investment community on side with giving games a chance. 
Now, as someone who's worked in the games industry for now close to eight years and has constantly had to battle things like, um, you know, the education institutions where we were running esports into them and parents who were mindful of the fact that their kids shouldn't be playing too many video games and, you know, all of those aspects and then investors not taking the games industry seriously and so on and so forth. Um, I can no longer count the amount of times on my hands where we have now had successful conversations to the contrary. Right, which is a really, really big win for the games industry. Um, you know, there's a lot of tech innovation chat. Uh, a lot of it's coming back to the games industry. There's a lot of support across Australia. The Victorian government's really invested into it. The South Australian government's really invested into it. Um, we've had conversations with uh, West Australian stakeholders most recently from government level and uh, the the local investment market level as well that are really into it now. So we're having good engaged conversations that we weren't having just a few years ago. That's a huge success. Yeah. 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 And congrats. Thanks. Um, Thank you for telling us about that. Have you funded the business so far? Like, um, do you have a advisors, a board put together for three little pixels? I've got advisors. Uh, The advisors are made up of the, is some really local great talent in the games industry uh, and abroad as well. Um, they're developers of games. They're people who are at um, you know government level interest with the games as well, um, and the games industry. There's no board, right? It's me. Hello, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Taylor Swift quote. <laughs> Get around it. <laughs> yeah. Um, my kids are massive fans of Taylor Swift, so it's Tay-tay. all that I hear at the moment. They love Tay Tay. <laughs> but uh, the as far as investment and how I'm funding Three Little Pixels at the moment, um, Plus Eight Accelerator. Uh, so got through to phase two. So the $85,000 that came from that went into building the first iteration of Three Little Pixels and the MVP. Um, very proud of that because it literally started as an idea and managed to set the pace for that program in 2022 and get to the MVP stage where we had a product ready for people to test at West Tech Fest on demo night. Yep. And then beyond that, um, I'm now self-funding what I have to Right. So uh, I'm quite fortunate in the fact that, uh, you know, I've had a 20 year career in commercial FM radio um, and I earn a wage which allows me to work on this and invest into this. And look, to be honest with you, I'm that passionate about this idea and I love this idea so much. And I really think this idea is genuinely going to work that I I just think regardless of what job that I had or how much I was earning, I'd Mm. be investing my money into it anyway. Um, But uh, I've had a little bit of help along the way. So it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess how easy or difficult was it to raise the money for for Three Little Pixels and what are the the tips that you learned on on how to hoodwink people? No, sorry, not hoodwink people. (laughs) Hoodwink. No, 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 in all seriousness. Chris just about (laughs) spat his drink out. Right. (laughs) No, no, in all seriousness and in terms of getting the, the proper funding through. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's been a it, – I'm not sitting here as a founder who's, who's done like a, I don't know, like a, like a large early round capital raise, am I, or a, or a seed, a, you know, or an A series or something like that. So the journey's been a little bit different for me. Um, you know, at $85,000 from plus eight was essentially my first ever seed capital raise. Yeah. Uh, and that went into building the MVP. In terms of was that difficult or was that not difficult, it's kind, it's kind of a question that's how long is a piece of string? Sure. Because, you, you know, as a founder, you do what is necessary to get the job done, right? And, 
Look, I've got to be honest with you. Um, the, the the that twenty twenty two period. Um, I'm a father, three kids. Uh, I work a job that's very early hours. Plus, I'm running mm. a you know a startup on the side as well. Um, and my job also, you know, has me emceeing various gigs around Perth and yeah. stuff like that as a radio broadcaster. And then on top of that, we decided to sell our house. Um, so, okay. <laughs> right. So, look, the difficulty for me came in um, keeping myself sane, right? Because it was a it was a very big uh, personal and reputational investment for Plus Eight. And, you know, Derek and Kylie and those associated to go, this guy's come to us with just an idea. Are we going to take the punt on him? It was a huge one. And the last thing that I wanted to do was let that down. So I, by nature, am a person who likes to set the pace. I love the challenge. But the challenge in it for me was not how am I going to raise this money? The challenge in it for me was how am I not going to go absolutely insane with all of the stuff that I've got going on at the moment? Because the last thing that I wanted to do was get to the end of last year and look back on what might have been, right? Now, luckily for me, I didn't have that happen. I got through to phase two. I raised the money. We were able to get to West Tech Fest. In fact, the, the week of West Tech Fest, is when we had to be out of the house um, that we <laughs> yeah. sold. Yeah, I remember you remember this? I remember this, you remember yeah. this? It got to West Tech demo night and the following day I was packing down our house, getting ready to move to the next one, which in this market, my God, this market is absolutely insane. We literally found the next house that we moved into. Right, we the West Tech Demo Fest was the Tuesday night, the 6th of December. Mm-hmm. We had to be out of our house on the 12th of December, right? So we had to pack up a you know, big four by two uh, and, you know, move the kids and all that sort of stuff. Didn't put in the next house. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. I asked him, no. sorry, mate, I'm busy that day. <laughs> what about tomorrow? Sorry, mate, I'm busy that day. I'm busy that day. There's a lot of busy that yeah. days. But you know what? If Steve asked me, I'll be like, man, I'm free. Yeah, yeah sure. Free. Not a problem. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so the difficulty was, was keeping sane. Probably the strongest tip that I learned from it was uh, lean on the people around you. So I, I'm very much a, I like to pick the ball up and run. Yeah. Uh, and I've been guilty myself of, you know, in the past, not leaning on the people around me, not um, actually opening up about the things that, you know, are bothering me and yeah. um, having it in as a, you know, as a dad and as the, the breadwinner in the household and all that sort of stuff, like quite often you feel like you have to be quite stoic and resilient. Like you can't show, you know, which is a very un-2023 thing to be saying, by the way. Um, but I really learned through that program and that process that uh, if not for the people around me, I'm going to shout out Dan from Paperly in particular because, um, you know, him and I have become really good mates. But it was a, it was a you know, couple of times a week that we were on the phone to each other. Mm-hmm going through these really therapeutic chats of, man, I'm just having one of those weeks where I just don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can get through it. No, you can, you can get through it. So yeah, lean on each other. Um, Don't be afraid to be open and honest about what it is that you're feeling at the time because the people around you have answers and if they don't have answers, they've got a shoulder to cry on. It's very important. Good on you, Pete, for being authentic. Appreciate it. That's some great tips that um, people can take on with that. Pete, so I've seen the journey from um, last year when you started at the Plus 8 Accelerator until now, but what are you looking to achieve in the next, let's say, three to five years? Jeez, three to five years. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, that's a, that's a really big question. Um, I learned through the Plus 8 Accelerator that 
looking ahead at the next three to five years as an entrepreneur is actually quite dangerous. Um, so I went from looking at the next three to five years, which was something I, I did quite often, and instead I sharpened that right down to looking at the next six to twelve months. Um, so I don't have a I don't have a three to five years. All right, well then, tell us for you. Twelve months then. Um, but in the next twelve months, I want to see the the second iteration of Three Little Pixels um, with its design get finished. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make the personal investment into getting that second iteration built. Uh, since 2016, we've carved out our own little piece of the pie in terms of an audience uh, through the other business that was originally how I got into games, content news media called Game on Australia, where we've got quite a large community that we can seed the platform into. They're ready to go. They're the people that we lean on while we're building and designing this. They're the people we go to and say, we're thinking this. What do you think? Well, they're the users every single day of games. They've been playing games, you know, ever since they were kids. Mm, yeah. um, so, you know, it's very they're very important to us. Uh, so in the next six to 12 months, it's, it's getting that back and forth right, seeding that idea into that market and seeing if we can get some revenue on the board and get some traction. And then going back to the Australian market of investors who are now a lot more open to the games industry and having those honest conversations around this is where we forecast where three little pixels could go in the next 12 to 18 months. We want to raise half a million dollars and get this thing accelerated, basically. Yeah, Yeah. tip top. Uh, Pete, how would you describe the local startup scene in WA at the moment? Um, At the moment? Look, I... It's interesting, isn't it? I, like, I we, we're quite cocooned here in Western mm, Australia, yeah. aren't we? Like, this we is are. this is our own little slice of the world. Um, in some ways, that works for us, you know. Like, we're we're entering this really interesting phase um, economically around the globe, where we're seeing banks having to be swallowed up by other banks. We keep hearing about these, you know, danger words like recession and. Um, we've got record inflation. We've just got all of these missiles that are being sent our way, right? And yet here in Western Australia, one of the things that we continually hear is we've got a surplus, we, we're doing well, we're going to be able to ride out the storm, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so it works incredibly well from us from a, uh, you know, like a, like a barriers sort of thing. We've got these walls that we can put up economically, which is great. But at the same time, we're still Perth, you know, and and that works against us. Um, I was speaking with a really good friend of mine earlier this week who um, is a long-time investor in the local market, really successful man and a great man. And, uh, you know, it, it's often that we lament the fact that um, investment and talent tends to be dragged and pulled along to the eastern states, um, which is a really sad thing. The one the one thing that I can say is that, you know, having something like Purpose appear mm. in Western yep. Australia where they have mandated for themselves that they're really interested in funding the local West Australian scene, yeah. I hope is a really big nod to the local market of people in, interested or thinking about raising capital for more VC funds to go, God, there's something here. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen mm-hmm. it myself. Like there's, there's, you know, there's a, a great local community of entrepreneurs that are really excited to get their ideas off the ground. But the fact of the matter is they need the support at an early stage to be able to do so. Um, yeah. Good one. Hey, uh, so far in your journey, uh, companies or people that have impressed you so far that you've seen? Mm. Companies or people? 
Up to you. Yeah, the companies or people, I'm not entirely sure how to answer that question uh, because I feel like if you're listening to this, you're probably expecting something more, uh, whereas the best that I can probably do is just local shout-outs to some people that I know very well. And one of those is a, a bloke by the name of Dan from Paperly. Um, you know, Dan and I came up through the Plus 8 Accelerator and uh, he's he, – <laughs> I don't know many people who've got a 100% strike rate when it comes to sales – especially as an entrepreneur, uh, he's one of them. Yeah, okay. Right? So he's going to do great things. Um, his business is a fantastic business and I think it's filling a really huge gap in the market. Um, another uh, local crew, and I think they're plus eight accelerator bound um, this year, uh, Charlie and Nick, who are the founders of Persona, P-E-R-S-O-N-R. And they're basically um, a digital security you know, like you know, it's just a sort of one-touch solution. Um, and it's really important considering we've had so many um, things in the news of, uh, you know, security for large organisations mm. and corporations that are just getting absolutely hammered. They yeah. say it's the next great pandemic, right? And now, I mean, it, it, the next great pandemic, it's the one we're already experiencing because it feels like every single week you've got another company that's having to come out and apologise mm. to their customers because all of their data got leaked. Well, these guys are a local Perth uh, couple of blokes that are solving this issue, which is a really, really important issue. Just one other uh, um, that I'll shout out, and that is um, Malcolm Steinberg, who's the founder of Time Zone. Oh, yeah, now, I, yeah. look, I spent a lot of time as a kid I love video games. <laughs> it was it was my thing. I absolutely love video yep. games. Um, but I've gotten to know uh, Malcolm Steinberg over the last few years and that guy has invested heavily in the local community. Um, but the thing that I always look for, you know, it's, it's just as important for entrepreneurs to um, get a beat on the investors that are in the market as it is the investors when they're looking at doing their D&D on local entrepreneurs. And the thing that I can honestly say about Malcolm, having gotten to know him, is that deep down in his heart, right, the reason why he invests is because he really genuinely wants to see a fertile entrepreneurship program happening, mm -hmm. particularly here in Western Australia. You know, so for a guy to continually mm -hmm. reach into his own pocket and put that money down and go, I believe in this so much that I'm going to continue investing my own hard-earned into this ideal that Perth has a fertile ground of entrepreneurs and they need to be supported yeah. is so incredibly strong. And a shout out to the Startup West podcast sponsors. The Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from Space Cubed, Curtin University, RSM, the City of Perth and TechOn. Pete, we are going to flex and get personal. So we're going to duck dive into the and swim around the bowels of your personality to get to know the man, the mystery and the enigma. Good luck. I so, had a curry last night, so, guys. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> <my goodness. Yeah. laughs> uh, Chris, because right. you're laughing so hard, yeah. you're going to kick it off. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, take you back through your career from your school days. Um you were born in Perth, WA? Yeah. Yep. Proud parochial Perth man. I love this place. I lived in Queensland for a couple of years. I lived in Canberra for a year, but uh, Perth has always been home and I'm proud to say it is. Mate, what are your favourite subjects at school when you went through? Uh, did you show any sort of leadership or entrepreneurial potential at that point in time? And I love art and drama. Yeah, okay. 
honestly, art and drama. Um, I know that might sound unusual, right? Uh, but there's there's reason. Art, because I'm a creative at heart. And the thing that I loved about art was because you could walk into the classroom and you had uh, you had an idea of what it was that you wanted to put down on the paper, but it wasn't until you started creating it that you found all the tangents. And, you know, before you knew it, you had this incredible freedom to go from I've got this idea to ultimately whatever it became, right? Um, and the use of materials and all sorts of things. I just found it incredibly cathartic and that's never left me. And I, I think, um, you know, creativity uh, as something that you're either, you know, you do something quite often or you're heavily invested in or as something that you just do as a hobby, right, to keep everything else around you firing is so incredibly important, right? The other one, as I mentioned, was drama. Now, I I sit here before you as a commercial FM radio broadcaster right? and I speak to hundreds of thousands of people a week. But I was a very shy, timid person when I went to school and drama is what brought me out of my shell. Yeah. And it gave me this opportunity to um, explore who I was and it was also something that um, builds a foundation around you to cast you as someone that you are, right? So you get to know yourself and you get to be quite proud of yourself because the world in drama doesn't say to you, hey, you must be this, right? Which, you you know, we so often get. Yeah. Rather it goes, okay, so who are you? So you're this, you're this, you're this, you like these things, you're this, this, and this, that's great. You know what? You'd be perfect for this. Now, as a young person who was, as I mentioned, quite timid and quite shy and quite unsure of himself, to be told, no, 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 actually the person you are is quite perfect. We just need to find the right role for you was such an empowering, strong thing. And it it turned me uh, into, you know, from the, the shy, timid guy into the really confident, no, I mean, I love, I love what I'm doing. I love what I'm about. I'm, I can really back myself in on these things. You know, that that's really strong. It's really important. Um, might be an unusual thing to, to no, hear no, from no, someone because no, you probably one. get the mathematics and English no, and this, okay. that and the no. other. But yeah, it was real genuine life lessons out of those two classes. No, that's really cool. That's really good to know. Um, what did you do after school? Um, was it university or did you have a gap or whatnot? I went and studied um, aquaculture. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> my family had uh, fresh seafood businesses. Okay. And I loved working in those businesses and I thought this is what I'm going to be. And uh, for me, I'm 37. So for us, our generation was told, go to university, study something, yep. right? Um, and so it was hammered into us. And I thought, okay, like even if I don't like aquaculture, getting into university, it means I can bridge to something else and I explored other things. Ultimately, what ended up happening was I failed aquaculture so miserably <laughs> because I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand the things that I was doing that I just left and just went back to back to working in the family fish business. Now, um, this is ultimately what led to my first foray into uh, commercial broadcasting because it was the Midland military markets and occasionally they'd need somebody on a Sunday afternoon to get on the microphone and spruik, right? Yeah, and good. I'd do it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Now, we had, a, we had an, old, uh, an old bloke. Now, older listeners to this will know the name Peter Dean. Years ago, you know, telethon yeah, and all sorts yeah. of stuff, right? Now, Peter Dean was an old radio broadcaster and media personality. 
And he used to get up me every now and again and just go, mate, you know, you've got a bit of a voice. You've got a bit of good energy. Why don't you just, just duck into a local community radio station or something like that? And I was filleting fish one day and I was listening to the radio. <laughs> yeah. As you do. As you do. I was filleting fish. I was halfway through a box of Red Spot and I was listening to the radio and it was Groove 1017, yep. which was an oh, old yeah. R&B and hip-hop station, right, but very popular. And they got on the radio and they said, um, we're looking for volunteers, have your own radio show, no, no experience necessary. I was like, oh, great. I sent him an email. Nothing. Midnight slot. Yeah, because I didn't care. Like, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, you know, my own radio show. I sent him an email, nothing. Sent him another email, nothing. I'm like, all right, I'm not taking no for an answer here. So I sent him an email every day for 30 days and finally they relented. You'll learn this about me. Like, I don't take no for an answer, which I think is very entrepreneurial spirit. You have to. An email every day for 30 days until finally on the 30th day they had gut of it and they called me and they said, come in. But just come in. And I'm sure it would have been a conversation of, let's just get this guy off our back. Just get him in. So I got in and sat down and I had the opportunity. And this is a very important lesson for life, right? Don't have your conversations on the phone. Get in front of people. Because in front of them you can show genuinely the organic passion for something Mm -hmm. that you have, right? So I did. Sat in front of them. By the end of the meeting, went for 15 minutes, I had them convinced. So they gave me a show. Yeah. And I was 17. And my first show was called Giving It Up to Groove and it was a relationships <laughs> show. I'm going to look it up. All right. Don't look it up. Go on. <laughs> um, it was a relationship show. Now, I, didn't, I never had a girlfriend. Wow. I, was a, I was a geek. Like I, I was not – I didn't know. The girls did not like me. I was not lucky in love or anything like that. Um, but I managed to cheese my way through that and we managed to get that show quite successful. In fact, it was one of the most successful on that radio station. Um, we had, you know, hundreds of text messages on a Sunday night. It was great. Awesome. It was fantastic. <laughs> had a lot of fun. Um, and then my uh, cousin decided uh, at some point to uh, um, just put my name forward for a, a um, radio contest and the contest was called Search for a Street Star. Uh-huh. And it was for 92.9. Yep. And the prize was employment. And I won. Brilliant. Nice. Yeah. yeah so right. I had to do some stupid things, stupid, stupid things. I was, you know, one night knocking on a, a, knocking on a house door all night pretending to be a um, vacuum cleaner salesman, door-to-door vacuum cleaner salesman, but I had amnesia. So I kept on knocking on the same door all night. Uh, I, I got arrested in a Bunnings because they asked me to – this was the Hot 30 team. And what you had to do is they would send you on challenges every night. And they sent me into a Bunnings and they said, you've just got to grab stuff, start making a doghouse. So I got arrested. I was the trolley police at a local supermarket and I was walking around, you know, telling people that their milk wasn't in the upright position. You know, I had a megaphone, just all these stupid, silly things and ended up winning. And then, uh, yeah, got into commercial radio and I was Pete the street star Ah. for a couple of years until I realised that as a young guy, I wasn't really going to get anywhere with it because I just didn't have the voice or the experience and stuff like that. So I left and went back to uni and did a commerce degree. Um, and then, look, there's so much more to this history. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, we can go on and on yeah. and on and on and on. Um, but, yeah, the way that I got into the commerce degree was I sat out the front of the Dean of Commerce's office for eight hours mm. straight until he saw me. I would not leave because I wanted to get in. Yeah, okay. And eventually he um, walked out and he went, you still here? And I said, yes. And he goes, come in here. And he sat me down in front of him and he goes, all right, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to do commerce. And I'm not leaving until you give me an opportunity. 
and he called the head of commerce and he said, I'm going to send a guy to you, enroll him. I want to see what he's got. Uh, walked yeah. out with a commerce degree four years later. So Good one. Yeah. All right. So um, flexing back to about the startup business, um, why move into the startup business and what do you know now that you wish you had known when you first started a few years ago? Why move into the startup business? Um, because I, had, I have an idea and a passion and a dream and this is the way to get it off the ground. And it's as, it's as simple as that. Uh, my, uh, my idea is going to help people. Mm -hmm. It's going to help people, a lot of which are very good friends of mine. I think it's got legs mm -hmm. and I think it's worth taking a good close look at. And being a startup business is the way that it needs to get done. So that's why I'm here. Cool, man. Mm. I'm glad that you are here for that. What advice would you give to other founders? Don't give up. Don't take no for an answer. Really? Yeah. Just simple. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be any more than that. Um, yeah. Sit out the office for eight hours straight <laughs> until they see you. No, God, God, yes. Like how, you know, like someone will come to, someone will rock up. Two people have the same idea, mm -hmm. right? Who are you going to see at the end of the day? Are you going to see the guy who sat there for 15 minutes, had jack of it and went, well, you're not worth my time? Or are you going to see the guy who sat out there on his backside on the floor, right, for nine hours straight and would not leave until you brought him in to see him? Which one are you going yeah. to see? Yeah, okay. You're going to mm -hmm. see the guy who sat there for nine hours. You know why? Because when it's midnight and it's all too tough and it's too bloody hard and your business is going uh, backwards and you're losing money, you've got you know, a month of runway left, it's the guy who sat there for nine hours who's going to find the solution to get you past that, not the guy who left in 15 minutes. Brilliant mm. point. Yeah, so good. Pete, we're going to start um, moving ourselves into the rapid quick fire round. So, oh, better keep, so I'll keep the answers brief. Right, gotcha. <laughs> yep. Short and sharp. Short and sharp. Gotcha. Uh, Steve, you want to take it away? Sure. Pete, what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? I know what the answer is. I'm just trying to figure out how to say it. Yeah, sure. Um, grit. Nice. Grit. Cool. Nice. Yeah. If you were to wave your magic wand over the local startup scene, what would you wish into being? More VCs willing to take a punt on early stage startups. Um, and I'll pair that with the government also with their billion dollar surpluses and such, mm. like investing themselves into the startup scene and backing it. Yeah. And uh, who do you most admire in the local tech scene? Um, it could be any company or an individual. Oh, look, at, you know, at this stage, I'd have to probably say Derek Gerrard. Yeah. Right? The founder of Purpose Ventures. And, um, and the reason being is because he, he backed me in, uh, but also he is the first one to come out and go, you know what, we're going to do this, Perth. Yep. We're going to raise $37 million yep. and we're going to put a lot of money back into mm -hmm. the local market and we're going to believe in entrepreneurs here. Shout out to Derek Kiley and the Purpose Ventures team. Um, Pete, how can anyone listening help you? You can get in touch and say yes to me taking asking you out for a coffee. I'm not going to sit across from the table and give you, give you the sell, right? I think the work that we've done and the product that we have does all the talking for us. Um, but at the very least, I'd love a bit of your time. So if you've got 15 minutes, if you've got 15 hours, I don't care. I'll come to you. I'll work around you. I know you're busy. I know you're running your business. I know you've got a lot on your plate. I will work around you. 
and I will come and sit there and I will give you all the time that you need if you just give me a little bit. Yeah, awesome. Amazing. Good words there. And Pete, what do you do to get away from it all? How do you rest and uh, refresh? Um, I have three beautiful kids and an absolutely gorgeous wife and they keep me grounded and they are the reason why I'm on this earth and I'm breathing and I do the things that I do. Um, you know, I, I, I've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old and a um, two-year-old and uh, when I come home and open the door and I see my two-year-old jump up and run to me, that is every reason to keep going. Right. And their futures are the most important thing to me. They're the reason why it's one o'clock in the morning and they're all asleep and I'm tired as all hell, but I keep on powering through because I want to I want to build their legacy and their future as much as I want to build mine and those of Australian independent games developers. And the other thing is my Nintendo Switch. He's got his props here in the studio. What kind of games founder would I be if I wasn't drinking my own Kool-Aid? Like I I love video games. Video games get me away from the world. They're the most incredible, you know, immersive way to experience stories. They're not just sitting on a couch, eating Doritos, drinking Mountain Dew, you know, tapping away. No, you're experiencing stories and people's hard work here and that's what I love about them. They allow me to disappear and go to places that I've never been before and I can do it all on my own couch. Terrific, Pete. Hey, look, um, we'd like to thank you so much for being here today and being authentic and sharing your story and your journey. Love to wish you uh, and the team moving forward uh, all the very best and uh, we look forward to seeing you in the industry a little bit further. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Thanks, and um, shout out to Chanel as well from Plus 8. I've got to mention Chanel because she works bloody hard and she like, busts it. Uh, she's doing great things. And if you're in the Plus 8 cohort at any particular time, you'll get to know Chanel because she's the hardest worker in the room. So cheers to you, Chanel. Love that. You'll love it. Thank you very much, Pete. Also, thanks to our sponsors. Startup West Podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from Space Cubed, Curtin University, the City of Perth, RSM, and TechOn. I'd like to also mention that the Curtin Ignition is now open for applications as they have 94 scholarships available. We recorded this podcast at Rift Podcast Studios in beautiful downtown Perth, Western Australia. Don't forget to subscribe to Startup West on your favorite podcast platform so our latest episodes appear in your feed. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you.